Hey guys, welcome to That Game Show, the show that talks about all the stuff in the nerd world and all the stuff in between. I am your host, Chase Bunker. Joining me today, he is the half-Asian sensation. It's Curtis Coe. Hello, everyone. One name to rule them all, it's Murph Murphy. How's it going, guys? And player four, while he's eating some food while I'm introing, it's Daniel Clegg. Hi, friends. I've got sweatshirt hair. You got sweatshirt hair. That's a really <laughs> random statement. All right, thank you guys very much for joining me, whether you're watching us on YouTube or actually watching us live on Twitch. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Gentlemen, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Thumbs yeah. up. Did you guys do anything yeah, special? I got sick. Yay! <laughs> you, are, you are not having a good holiday at you, all. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. you are not yeah. having a good that, time. That's how it is. I mean, does I got... getting sick from food count? We're like, eating? That's pretty typical, right? Yeah, I mean, it was more just a, you know, that's how I work. When I'm off of school or off of work, I get sick. So I'm going to try not to cough in all of your ears. I'm going to continue pop cough drops Yay. throughout the show. And uh, hopefully we'll make it through this without uh, blowing any eardrums. Yeah. I, I normally, like, whenever I get sick, like, if I have a cough, like, I'll just OD on cough drops. Where it's like, all right, it's gone. Here's another. See, I've, I've got dwarven constitution, so I don't, I don't, I don't get sick. Nice. That's, that's only against poison. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you, uh, Murph, Clay, do you guys do anything besides, you know, get sick or anything? I got to eat all the sides that I like, and I got to eat meat off of a bone, so mm, all success. Right. Uh-huh. We, we deep fried our turkey this year. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, it was like KFC or something. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> I went is to... That, so... Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Real quick, because I'm going to go like I'm anecdotes. I'm curious how... How does how does one deep fry a turkey? I'm a little curious. You need a really big deep fryer. Okay, right, which well, you can fill with oil, and it, the whole thing goes in there. And a okay. very unfrozen turkey. Yes, yes. Oh, because it catches on fire and explodes. Yeah, if you want to see some hilarious videos, uh, Google or YouTube, uh, just like the turkey fryer accidents. Okay. <laughs> yep. There you go. All right. We I had a, a fire extinguisher right next to us, so we were mm-hmm. able to go. Nice. My apologies for interrupting. <clears throat> I was just curious. Um, <laughs> one thing that I did, um, because I was going to go to my parents, but then their house just like flooded all of a sudden. So it's like, all right, nope, can't do that anymore. Um, I went to my roommate's family, which like his family consists of like twenty people because like his his brother and sister just have like twenty kid, like ten kids each. Um, first off, we had regular turkey and then smoked turkey and then we had beef and then we had pulled pork and then loaded mashed potatoes and Whoa. yeah and like there was like there's too much food and i was like oh sweet cheese it's um but then <laughs> um his brother-in-law was like hey what'd you guys do and um yesterday it's like oh well we just you know uh, blah, 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 I played video games. And, like, his nine-year-old, like, I, I don't want to say he's nine, I want to maybe say he's, like, seven to nine, I don't know. He, like, perked up, and he's like, what video games did you play? And it's like, oh, I played Heroes of the Storm. It's like, oh, I haven't played that yet. How was it? I mean, we talked about it for a little bit. And then he asked me, like, and I asked him, what games did he play? And, then, of course, he mentions, like, all the Lego games. And then he spouts on and on about video games, which I was like, all right, this is cool. But then, like, going into hour number two... I realized, oh, wait, this is what it was like dealing with me as a child. Because all he did was talk about it nonstop. It's like, I like it. If I talk about video games for two hours, it's in a podcast setting, which you can catch on twitch.tv slash kbhspike or youtube.com slash that new show show. 
But that's besides the point. The point was like, nice book. thank you. And so then he starts like mentioning games that like I've never even heard of. And I think it's because like they're mostly mobile. And he's like, have you played Dinosaur Hunter? I'm like, Turok? No, it's this game on okay, iPad. And I'm like, this isn't the same. Like, and I go, have you played Mega Man before? You might like him. He goes, Mega Man's okay. He's he's all right. And then immediately I just shut down and just go, well, football's on, so I'm going to go watch that now. They've moved oh, on. on. They've moved on. Well, the nice thing is that compared to, to us, at least most of us, I suppose, yeah. they're at least talking to a, an adult figure use the term adults loosely, but yes. uh, who, who actually gets the video game scene, right? They under, You understand it, you're involved in it, you accept it, that you're not being talked down to when you're discussing the subject you're interested in, right? Correct. So that's good for the kid. Yeah, it's... It was just one of those. I was just I, like, "Whoa, great! This is this is why I've, this is why I've like I've got a sense of like realization." Then when he said, "Oh, Mega Man's not cool," it's like Mega Man is always cool. You can say what you want about Sonic, but don't trash the Mega Man. Oh boy! I, I'm I'm gonna say I'm actually really excited to see what video games are gonna look like, say twenty years from now, because by then it's the kids who have grown up with the microtransaction and they know they're bad. So they're going to be like, they're probably their goal of like the, the game developers of t- two decades from now are going to be like, I'm going to make a mobile game, but it's not going to suck. And I bet we're going to see a, like a huge like increase in the quality of mobile games. If, if we're still using phones two decades from now, like this is old man Murph. Right, right. <laughs> you know, they're all going to be like, you have to use your hands? Back to the future. Oh, there, gosh. Right? gosh. <laughs> this game is lame. But I mean, like all of us, like the game designers now, all grew up with Mario, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, and we all see what they they make now. And I uh, like, uh, I don't know. Well, the one thing that I thought was fun. funny was like the kid goes, "Do you play Five Nights at Freddy's?" I was like, "No, I know better. I'm staying away from that." I like, I have, you know what? That's Markiplier's job. Markiplier's, you know, his job in the YouTube universe. YouTuberverse is he is right. going to play Five Nights at Freddy's. I will watch. I won't have to deal with all the stress of all the jump scares. <laughs> he can just take care of that for me. And that's why I think right. what horror games have evolved to is they're great for let's play, but like they probably won't sell well just because they're like, you know what? You take the reins on this. I'm good. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I like this one. Flying, pe- flying Planes over on Twitch says, Future games will use a controller to be, quote, retro with 1080p style gaming. <laughs> that's, that's real good. Uh, well, Nailed that's, it. That's, that's actually pretty accurate. That, that is accurate. Well, I mean, I mean, I, we're already seeing it, I think, with people saying, Guys, you remember, you, do you miss how the PS1 looked? No. Like, no. I mean, but I've, this, is, uh, this is a statement I've heard people utter. Like, PS1, people are getting nostalgic for PS1 stuff, which boggles my mind. That would be I like saying that. Ninety percent of them have not actually looked game. at a PlayStation game in ten years. That's they like people in the seventies are like, like, "Hey, remember how great? Did you ever miss how polio was?" <laughs> I don't think I mean, anyone I mean, actually I mean, says that. Exactly. Like PlayStation. Like, like we can admit this. And like the N64 PlayStation great genre, like universe. Graphically, it was, like, it's just awful. It hasn't aged. But, like, games-wise, it's, like, you know, they have a lot of great games. It just, gosh, the graphics are just, right. like... 
It's like buffering. Like but it's I, constantly I really buffering. Think it, I think it's a nostalgia thing because I think people are going to – I I think we are within a couple of years of seeing a PlayStation 1 N64 aesthetic style retro game come oh, out. I, uh, anytime anybody says something like that, I, I advise well, but, them to look at how, what GoldenEye looked like. Right, but I'm, I'm just – what I'm saying, <laughs> just saying, we still put out Nintendo games, Nintendo yeah. style games. Yeah, and they I are, want to watch these like, hands. They are like this. very obviously inferior to SNES game style games. Like, like there's there's going to be this retro polygon movement. I, I think maybe maybe some of those games that kind of I, I, it's hard to ex- explain exactly what I'm saying, but no, less like, of the games that were trying to look realistic and more of the games that were going for that kind of cartoony look, like. Say we'll go with something like um, Banjo Kazooie or um, Yeah, Hero like, the Dragon. Yeah, right. I think people people are going to try and mimic that aesthetic. <sighs> I mean, I guess I they kind of already are in a way. Kind of, <clears throat> uh, but I mean, intentionally. Okay, I. Well, like I, here's I still the funny think that's thing. That's an awful idea. <laughs> like, if we want retro, like we we'll, we can go up to maybe like. Super NES, and it's like, oh, this is you know still aesthetically pleasing. But when you make that jump from like 32 to 64, it's right. like, oh yeah, this is just awful. I yeah, I mean, I know. I look, I'm not advocating this, but I'm just saying <laughs> it's coming. So uh, you guys, did you guys ever see? I'm sure you didn't play it. The game Sword and Sorcery. Yeah, it was. It was a. I know. Okay. I figured you did Murph. It's a. Look up <laughs> sword and sorcery. S W O R. Yes, uh, I remember this uh, box. Sorcery. It was a. It came out in the last three or four years, I think. Yeah. It's a like a sixteen bit adventure game, right? The the mm-hmm. graphics you know could have been fantastic, but they in, intentionally downgraded them so that it looks really crunchy, but. They took that in an artistic direction, right? It's all about creating a deer or a mountain range or your character in this really simplified art scheme. I think there's a place for that. But when you intentionally go low res polygons, can you hear my cat crying? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, look, <laughs> look, I I don't get it. I'm just saying it's kind of like coming. Okay. And in 20 years, people are going to be like, you guys remember how Minecraft used to work? To look, uh-huh. and then there'll be like the Minecraft retro revival or something. Uh, you well, know, I guess Minecraft it kind of is the epitome yeah. of that, isn't it? Right. Because I mean, I mean the, it has the like, blocked you... hands. Like I remember, like the big thing in StarCraft '64 was seeing all of them run just with like these like blocked hands. Like, oh, let me grab this for you, and it just like their fingers don't move, but it just like automatically like suctions into their hand. Like uh, I don't know. Okay, well, I'll keep an eye on it. And then... We'll see. We'll revisit this in 10 years. I think so, if we're doing this in 10 years. Oh, I don't know. I love how someone, last episode, by the way, Telltale will not get Game of the Year. Ouch. Yep. No, play Tales yep. from the Borderlands. That was a fun game. Nope. Well, I have a feeling, like, I have a feeling I'm going to get flack for that. That and the polio joke, but that's okay. Uh, some people are saying... I think I think we're good. I think enough time has passed. Yeah, this is true. Um, did you guys do any Black Friday shopping, run over any old ladies, punch any children? 
So what I, is I that too much? Thing, but I, no, no, no. no, no. I, I got one thing, it. but I, I did it from the safety of my house, uh, and that was I, I uh, subscribed to Marvel Unlimited. Oh, I've done that before. Did they have and a deal going on? They had a deal. I think it was like uh, it was like fifty dollars as opposed to like seventy for the year. So yeah, that's uh, not bad. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're an avid comic book reader, absolutely. Well, well, it's perfect for me because it, for those you don't know, Marvel Unlimited is kind of a Netflix for Marvel comics, and that they any comic that is older than six months, I believe, mm-hmm. you can read. Mm, wow! Right. So, so they've got entire story arcs. You know, yep. all all the major characters, just not the most current stories. Right. Like, you just you're just six like months behind. That's a perfect comparison. That's yep. actually pretty fantastic. Yeah. And I, can you can you save them on your device now? I think that's uh, yeah. a feature. Yeah, that's cool. You can you can so if you're gonna go somewhere without internet, you can just be like, like, so the one I guess the one complaint I had, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go read, um, gosh, what was it? I was gonna go read the X Men Hope Reborn, uh, uh, storyline, <laughs> which, which unfortunately spans like. 12 different titles. So <laughs> unfortunately they don't uh they don't make it like so at the back of the comic book there's this easy checklist they they have printed but there's no easy way to like jump from one title to the other. You have to go and like type in all right. So I just read Astonishing X-Men, now I have to read Uncanny X-Force 527. Uh all right, after that I got to read the New Mutants 13, 2010. Oh, I hate that when they so, jump between uh, uh, character books. That's annoying. Right. But, I mean, I'm not spending an arm and a leg, and I got to, I've got to read what? Let's see, the whole run, the new Miss Marvel, the the new the Squirrel Girl, uh, there's a lot of bad X-Men comics. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it worked out. By the way, speaking of comics, speaking of comics, we'll talk about this in a second. Did you guys watch the Captain America Civil War trailer? I have. Okay. All right, we'll talk about that in a second. If you guys are watching on Twitch, feel free to talk about it as well. We'll talk about it just a little bit after Black Friday. Um, Mm -hmm. Clegg, what would you buy? And how much did you spend? Um, A couple things that are that are video game related. The Heroes of the Storm sale was going on, so I got a couple of skins because everything is 50% off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want to lose money on these deals, right? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I got to pick up two or three that are like $3. <laughs> you know, that's not too bad. But uh, I did some of that. Um, and then we got a bunch of uh, computer upgrades, you know, new solid-state drive, a couple of new fans for the rig. Uh, nothing terribly interesting, just a couple of baseline items you need keep the game and running yeah but uh that's about it what about you curtis well i'm gonna be completely honest i bought a whole bunch of stuff for my wife because i was a smart person and on cyber monday i was like okay legend of Korra. i promised my wife i'd buy that oh that's right you told me they've got the whole thing available i got the whole thing for 40 bucks on unfortunately it was on dvd uh because they're jerks and don't want to release a full thing on on blu-ray which is awful um but you can get in australia so that sucks um also, we spent thirty-five bucks for the full Blu-ray collection for Harry Potter. Um, That's not bad for all eight oh. movies on Blu-ray, which was pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I bought um, a hat from uh, <laughs> from Dorara Ra, 
and I'll let you guys figure out what that is. This anime called Durarara. It's a, oh right, yeah. Uh-huh. It's a hat uh, that is one of the main characters called Salty. It's their little motorcycle uh, beanie. So I oh, bought which, that for which, my wife. Which site did you get that from? Amazon. It was oh actually, really? Yeah. So my wife wanted it. So and we needed to spend one more cent in order to get the free shipping on our Harry Potter because it was thirty four ninety nine, like a bunch of jerks. So uh, I spent an extra, you know, seventeen bucks on this little hat that Charlotte's gonna like. So Save you know, five dollars on shipping. I mean, you uh, get, you well, I mean, it was something this. she wanted yeah. anyway. So it was kind of one of those things where it's like that's one less Christmas present I have to buy this year. So yeah, um, I said I wasn't going to do any Christmas shop or any Black Friday shopping because I was poor. And then I looked at the Steam sale. It's like oh, I could probably afford these. Like they, I got more payday DLC because I realized I forgot to get a character. And which, by the way, they announced they're doing a Point Break uh, heist based off the movie, and that uh, Bodie's going to be a playable character. So I was like, yes, so I'm excited for that. And also, um, I saw that Mass Effect One and Two were on sale, and it's like originally I was going to get Mass Effect One. It's like, all right, five dollars, that's not bad. And like the one thing I was uh, afraid of was like because on Steam you can get Mass Effect One and Two, on Origin you can only get three. And so I'd have to go to Origins, like, ah, is this really worth it? And I wasn't sure if the saved games was gonna were going to convert, and it said, yes, they do. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll get it. And so I, I was about to get one, but then they were like, oh, do you want to get one, or do you want to get one and two for $8? And it's I, like, I will tell you, I think two is the better of the of all of the series. I, I hear right? that two is amazing. Oh, yeah. Two, yeah, I would think. I would think two is probably the best of the three. But, uh, yeah. Not by much. Yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like it ha- it hit really hard at the end of the game, and it really made you think about your choices. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, then what was another uh, study came out as well that said a lot of people did more online sales this year for Black Friday than they did going to the retailer or going to the actual retail store. So I thought that was cool, but at the same time, it's like I kind of like human interaction, but I might limit it on Black Friday. I wouldn't really call that human interaction. Yeah, see, every Mm. year there are more and more of those YouTube videos with the barricades that fall apart and people start getting trampled and people are being stupid. It's just a dissuasion. No one wants to do that. I just remember going to Walmart um, a few years ago. I think it was back in like 2011 or 2012. I went to Walmart in Palm Bay, which is like, it isn't a big town, so it's like, all right, I'll just go. To, I, I feel like if you go to a smaller town, the crowds won't be as bad. Because, like, I'm not going to go Black Friday shopping in Orlando. I'm going to go Black Friday shopping in a smaller town because it's going to have the same amount of deals and not as much hateful people. No, I was incredibly wrong because the oh, entire yeah. place was just one giant line. And it, it looks oh, like yeah. it, it like it was massive because like oh there's this one like it was on a um what's it called those those it was on a pallet like that's the worst part it was on a pallet in the front but the line was from that pallet and it went all the way around it serpentine into the groceries and then just went all the way to the back of the electronics mind you this was like Xbox 360s they didn't put it back in the electronics where you know it would be contained no they proceeded to just put it everywhere else and it was like the biggest cluster f i've ever seen and i hated it then i went to target and for some reason the people that go to walmart and the people that go to target are just two totally different people because target (laughs) 
was calm. Like, it was calmer, I should say, because I think I was the more... I was the more hyper one because I slid underneath a person's legs. Because I mean, the person was like 6'7". So they had their legs wide open. I'm going to slide underneath it, get an Xbox 360. That was actually a true story until I found a PlayStation 3, and then I dropped the 360 and then picked up the PlayStation 3. I know that my friend Johnny's probably going to watch this and be like, why would you do that? I did it for because I like PlayStation more. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was my Black Friday story. About a few oh years ago, boy. a little bit dated. I know. Ooh. All right, let's talk about actual Ooh. news because we, we kind of went on like the anecdotal tangent. Um, all right, we'll talk. Uh, I already teased it before. By the way, if you're just joining us, we are that game show. We talk about nerdy stuff. Um, the Captain America Civil War trailer came out two weeks ago. We were we should have talked about it last week, but you know, game of the year. We kind of talked about that for like, I think we argued literally. In pre-show, we said, all right, let's keep it 30 seconds. And I think we talked about, thir- for 30 minutes, Bloodborne and Witcher 3. But, um... Games. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Uh-huh. And so, um... Captain America's Civil War trailer came out. What would you guys think of it? Curtis. Uh, 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 go, go ahead. Yeah, because I realized, like, I should probably just direct it. Can we, can we just get uh, to the... the- beef of it i'm a little confused about what the civil war is i guess is my my biggest thing i i know they kind of explained it in the trailer um and i've been keeping up with agents of shield and what i thought the civil war was and what the civil war is actually turning out to be is right that it's different it's from different what... from the comics for right. sure because in the comics spider-man plays a really big role he is sort of the face of the war of the of the of the argument and should the characters uh, reveal their identities or not, and he does in the comics, right? Correct. And that, and that, that helps people take so, sides and kicks off the, the conflict. From what I understand, and I'm definitely input from everybody else here, is it seems like this is more about accountability than it is about registration. Keeping superheroes in check, as in not destroying countries and I cities. I think that was always... The, well, the point, even in the comics, wouldn't you say, Murph? But it, I guess the problem this the movie has is that you know the they can't say mutant because of Fox, right? Correct. And like the big one of the huge, I guess, plots of Civil War in the comics was the uh, every mutant had to register, which mutants didn't like because of the Mutant Registration Act, which is just like a driving thing of. You know, of X Men, you know, like X Men is a, a couple of metaphors. It's a gay metaphor, it's a minority metaphor, and it's also a somewhat like a Holocaust metaphor. And if, yeah, the Registration Act is very much like part of that Holocaust metaphor. But when you can't say mutant, it kind of does, the Civil War doesn't make as much sense. Well, and, okay, so I'm going to have to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is very much about Inhumans, and they've been kind of using Inhumans in the same way they've been... They've basically been using Inhumans the way that the comics used the mutants. Right. right? They're starting to get into this registration, but this doesn't really talk about that at all. So, And we've already seen some rather catastrophic things that Inhumans have done in the TV show, but nothing in this nearly the scale that would constitute in Civil War. So, I guess... I I think the issue of accountability is definitely going to be... Uh, a driving factor. It wasn't comics. That's going to be here because it's about people dying 
and the, these heroes were supposedly responsible, so someone needs to be held accountable, right? I think the, the question we all have, and we're only going off a trailer here, right, oh. is, is, is who gets Bucky really the driving the impetus <laughs> of, this, yeah. of this movie? Because that doesn't seem like it's enough to spark a war, right? Like if it's the last uh, needle on the haystack and they've been at odds you know, forever, and this just gets him going. I mean, maybe, but is he really that important? I don't know. So, I have an interesting theory, and it's probably completely wrong, but I don't... How, how much do you guys remember of uh, Winter Soldier, where they had this threat algorithm? I, I remember it, yeah. Okay. No. They, in Winter Soldier, they talk very briefly about something they have called a threat algorithm, which they put into their giant flying ships, which is basically shoot everybody who is a threat. Okay? Yeah. My theory is that Bucky has that list, or has that algorithm somehow, and that's why everybody's after him. It has absolutely nothing to do with... Well, so you, Bucky just has to have a MacGuffin, is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Well, I, I mean... He has the, quote, he... magical MacGuffin. I think they're also after him because they want him to answer for his crimes with Hydra. And, like, the thing is, like, I look at Civil War, and the problem, I think the story behind Civil War is definitely different in the Civil War comic than it is, at least it looks like, in the movie. Which is kind of important because in the comic, I'm going to try not to spoil it, like, there's a big, big moment that you know, somebody dies, and at that point, it's like, do we, like, you know, that person's gonna be gone forever, granted this is movies, we can probably revive them, all that stuff, but at the same time, do you think that they're trying to avoid that by somehow, like, altering it just a little bit to where I'd they can keep said character and also keep going with the rest of the series? You know who I bet is probably going to bite it is not the one who dies in the comic. So, but uh, I bet Robert Downey Jr. There is kind of like, all right, I'm done being Iron Man. Uh, I, I would also bet money on that. that I, I would say that's. I wouldn't I be surprised. Would be surprising, given how much he he has to be paid for every movie he's in, right? Yes. So if you want him to go out with the biggest bang possible. This is a great opportunity to let him do that. And on top of that, then if you still want Iron Man, you just put another guy in the suit and just say, "Oh yeah, I took over the Iron Man suit." Right? Yeah. But I mean, never take the, never take this mask off. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the question is really: is that where they're going with it, or is it kind of supposed to be, you know, basically certain heroes are no longer in it? Uh, good graces with each other kind of deal where there's this kind of splintering right well in the comics everything sort of worked itself out people's memories were erased and you know sort of timelines were reset like things kind of went back to normal-ish uh, yeah settings from before the civil war kind of i don't know if they would go that route i feel like there's going to be some finality and a couple of deaths in the movie and we're going to see some changes in in the rosters again, and new actors coming in, which is probably a good thing, you know. Yeah. Fresh faces in there. And well, what's 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 on the slate, right? We got uh, Doctor Strange. Humans, we got Doctor Strange. We've got Black Panther. 
Black Panther. Ant Man Two. Mm. By the way, I want to I want to mention this comment because I think it's funny from Flying Planes. If my home gets wrecked by a bunch of super powered freaks wanting to fight, I want to know who I'm suing. Right. I mean, it's true. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of one side of the argument. It is valid. You, you get some insurance. Everyone in the Marvel universe has superhero insurance. Yeah, <laughs> or should. I mean, or yeah, if you're smart, you do. Uh, yeah, I, I bought I bought us volcano insurance. <laughs> well, you don't have a volcano, but don't you think we're overdue for one? <laughs> My God, you're right. But I mean, I guess with the with the changing of everything, I, how exactly? I mean, Spider Man's supposed to be in this movie, right? Right. I think like it's literally uh, supposed to be like the Avengers cast is supposed to be in this. Correct. Well, I mean, along with the kind of like that, the introduction of Black Panther, we're supposed to have Baron Zemo somewhere in this movie. Who? I mean, we're uh, complicated. Look it up, Baron okay. Zemo, Wikipedia. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we could just start naming yeah nineties. Or, yeah, never mind. Yeah, I mean, you, you can pretty much just look it up if you want to. It's a villain. Okay. I'm not going to go into that more detail than that. Um, but I, I just don't understand where everything is fitting into this movie, I guess, from this trailer. I, yeah, I don't have a good sense from this trailer, but I'm sure it'll be a good old-fashioned superhero beat and all. Yeah. yeah, and I got to dig that uh the Iron Man beat down at the end of that. Trailer. Oh yeah, right. no. The one thing, granted, I'll wait till Clay gets back to like the one thing that really got me in the trailer, and I'm pretty sure it got everybody as well. Oh yeah, I know and exactly. I, oh yeah, I do want to say like the the Tony Stark Captain America uh, like beef. Like it's not like it's they're suddenly not like oh we we're suddenly fighting. Like this has been building, right? Yeah, yeah. Like this 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 is this beef is deserved. <laughs> Especially from like the last movie with Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. like oh yeah, Tony Stark, you just unleashed Ultron on the world, you jerk," said Captain America. But can we talk about the person who probably should be held the most accountable is Iron Man, and he's kind of on the opposite side of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Well, that's that's Tony Stark and Captain America. Yeah, I mean that that's that was kind of my humorous note. Is actually my wife said it. She's like. I mean, isn't he the guy that kind of, like, did all this terrible stuff in the first place? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of why, like, that's... I mean, that was the biggest hint right there between for Civil War was because, you know, Cap didn't like it, Tony did this thing, and then, oh, chaos ensued. And then so. you got the guy, oh, no strings on me. And then there you go. That's Then Ultron happened. Yep. I don't know if you... Fairly accurate impression. Not gonna lie. Have you guys gotten a pretty good look at that Black Panther costume? I haven't watched a lot of it. I I saw him like, oh hey, Black Panther. Well, he's gone already. (laughs) Very minor, but it looks good. All right. So now that Clegg's back, um, the one thing that got me, and it was probably the best line, was, "I'm sorry, Tony. He's my friend. So was I. So was I." It's like ah, right. oh, good lines. It's like that's that's the uh, the crux of the movie is friends fighting friends, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was just like that was the uh, Black Widow fighting um, uh, Captain America, and they had the whole buddy buddy thing going on in the last Captain America movie. Yeah, so but like that was my see how it all goes. That was my Jared Leto, like 
hurt you really, really bad moment. It's like, oh my gosh, that's such a good moment to end the trailer. Yeah. Well, it's going to make you feel the feels. Oh, man. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I'm really excited for this. And the thing is, like, I'm trying not to get too hyped because whenever I get too hyped, I get disappointed. So, Look, I just want them to do the current, like, kind of Marvel storyline where Doom is literally God. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic Four are the villains. And, uh, like, it, now everyone's on Battleworld where, like, all of the multiverses have slammed together. So there's, like, 20 Hulks fighting, like, 20 Thors. Thor is the police. Isn't that yeah. uh, Secret Wars? Is that what you're talking about? Where yeah, this everything's is, kind this, of flipped? It's, it's, yeah, it's a really weird storyline. Well, did you guys yeah, watch the weird. Michael B. Jordan interview where they're like, why, did, why does Fantastic Four suck? And he was just like, yeah, it's not what we were... It, like it wasn't what we were wanting to make or something like that like he was just like kind of making excuses but at the same time he's like yeah we know this thing sucks we uh we don't like talking about it and now like they removed it from the the yeah. second one it sucks because i like the casting but yeah. no yeah this is this was a script and uh, i don't know yeah, i think it was a and... script and a director or editing issue yeah, or, yeah there's a there's more yeah. than one problem with that yeah. movie, but you um, can't pin it on one thing. Yeah, I don't think you can of, pin it on the cast, pretty much. But speaking yeah. of Secret Wars, have you guys played Infinite Crisis yet? The Mar- uh, the DC MOBA. No, DC no. has a MOBA with like all the various types of like Batman's and Jokers, like Gaslight Joker, um, Vampire Batman. Down? What's that? That might have been the Marvel one that closed I think- down. I thought the Infinite Crisis closed down. Did it really? Yeah, no, we're, we're keeping yeah, pretty busy yeah, with yours. Yeah, yeah. Yes, store. it did. It closed in August, actually. No! Yep. So. So, apparently, yeah, so... Uh, I mean, that's the funny yep. thing. Like, let, let's let's briefly talk about this for a second. Like, how you have, like, the MOBA genre. Like, you ha- you're supposed to have, you know, Infinite Crisis. You had Dawngate, which both canceled. And then Demigod didn't do that well, even though it was really cool. Like... What does that say to a genre where games that are in beta don't really go out? Heroes of New Earth, I guess you could technically say, is another one, because I think they shut down eventually. But, well, like, what does that say to a genre? So, so that's the thing. Like, I don't think there's a lot of differentiation within the genre. Uh, like, like, within first-person shooters, there's a lot of places you can kind of go with it, and there's, like, different mechanics based on your different, like, kind of settings. Like, a, a futuristic first-person shooter plays a lot different than a kind of sword and sorcery first-person shooter. But with a MOBA, like, they're, they're, the game is so much about mechanics. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's, like, really, it's about the mechanics. So there's just not, like, you have to have good mechanics, and, like, there's not a lot of room for, like, competitors to get in there because, like, what is good is already being made, and it's being made by people who have a lot of money. So and have a big following, too, which exactly. is the other issue. I uh, don't think it's weird at all to see a game uh, come out, even if it's just in beta, not do so well with its player base, and then fall off the fall off the scene. That happens all the time in every other genre mm-hmm. with a ton of games. It's just a little higher profile in the MOBA scene because there are so few MOBAs out there 
right. compared to the other genres. There are tons of shooters, tons of racers, tons of fighting games. There's only like half a dozen well-known MOBAs. And right? well, also, yeah. MOBAs are the first, probably the one of the, well, I won't say the first, but one of the first genres to exist entirely in the age of the microtransaction. Like, Correct. microtransactions are baked into the genre. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, if you do that in a skeezy or just in a, a kind of predatory way, I think people are getting savvy about it and they're yeah. just not going to yeah. support you. For those of you just joining us, we are That Game Show. We're talking about uh, I just found out Infinite Crisis, the MOBA uh, closed down, and we're talking about other MOBAs that have been closed down. What does this mean for the MOBA genre? Curtis, continue. Um, there was an interesting one I played a while back um, called Dead Island Epidemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a MOBA, right. and it was different. It was very different. I never played a MOBA quite like it. Instead of like creeps being from your side or their side, there were just zombies that were running around the entire like area and you basically mm-hmm. kill them and get points and t- it was kind of like almost a capture the flag kind of th- mechanic and then there was like a pve game you could play in it that was kind of a little bit like diablo um it was interesting i i liked it okay but there were some microtransactions that made things go a little bit too fast for certain players okay and it took way too long to accumulate and that one actually just shut down in october as well yeah. so and so. it, it never had very many players, which was the other issue. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of surprising to see just like games just shut down. Like in and it shows like right now the MOBA genre is dominated by Dota heroes and League, and then there's oh hey Smite exists, and Smite's strong. Yeah, which right is now. good. Which good for them because right. like they're a much smaller company, especially like Riot's. You know they've gotten a lot bigger and. You know, Valve's just been Valve and Blizzard's just been Blizzard. But um, I, think, I think this is also a symptom of this genre being 100% multiplayer based, mm-hmm. where you have to have these, uh, you know, dedicated game clients, right? Which means right. if a game that doesn't do well, you can literally terminate the existence of the game by no longer supporting mm-hmm. the multiplayer matchmaking, right? A, a game that came out 10 years ago would have had a single player component where you don't just turn off the game's ability to function for those players who are doing the campaign or whatever. There is no campaign to these games. It is entirely dependent on the player community being right. engaged. I so mean, the look game at, can just disappear. Like, look at Evolve. Like, that thing yeah. just died because, yeah, like, nobody got behind it. And there were microtransactions in that game. Yeah. Gosh, there was microtransactions in the game before the game was even announced. Yeah, I mean, the, the issue with that one is they started launching the DLC, and people were like, there's not enough content in this game. They're like, well, pay 20 more bucks, and everyone said, nope, moving on to the next thing. Which, I, which and the, yeah. apparently, mechanically, it wasn't all that great. Yeah. So, um, it worked okay. It was... Um, it, right, but I don't, think, I don't think okay is good enough anymore. No, I don't. I, especially for DLC, I think, no. I think the issue was that the idea was a great idea, but the way they wanted players to play and the way the players were playing were yeah. two separate issues, yeah. or two separate things. I well, this kind of leads into the other topic I, ha- I teased. By the way, we'll talk about Kotaku being blacklisted in just a second, how it affects journalism. By the way, you feel free to tweet the show at that underscore game underscore show, or you could tweet me at Chase Bunker. Um, the developer of 
Killing Floor 2, Tripwire Interactive, like they came out and defended microtransactions in general, and they kind of did the same thing with Payday. Is like they have microtransactions to unlock stuff, but it's purely cosmetic, and they have it to where if one person has it, then everybody can play it in that game, so to say. Correct? Yeah, something along those lines. I think it's basically if you yeah, drop talking, it, somebody about- else can pick it up. You're talking about Killing Floor again, right? Correct. Right, so if someone has purchased the the Arcanite Reaper Axe, everyone in that game session, even if you haven't bought it, can use it. So it's shared paid DLC, sort of, right? So, kind of. like, I'm okay with this kind of, not really, but, like, if you're doing ongoing development, like, if you want ongoing support for your multiplayer game... <laughs> Like, that's one way to fund it. I'm not, like, I'm kind of resolved at this point. I'm just not playing games that have microtransactions. Like, I'm just not doing it. I think, it. like, we could blame the MOBA and, genre for that, technically, because, like, the MOBAs are pretty mm, much, like, I mean, can I we? you can blame phones, just in well, general. Like, they... But that's but that's a little different, because in the MOBA, you can also earn things by just playing the game. So, yeah. I mean... I mean, other than skins, I mean, this sounds mostly cosmetic, but they said they kind of left it open that maybe down the line it would be... Would be I mean, really, really what we can blame is horse armor, like, right? Like, that's... <laughs> Go back far enough, right? Like, like yeah, that's, that, that's, it's horse armor. Yeah. Uh, All right. I, I, think, I think what's bothering people the most about this situation is that they're doing this paid DLC while the game is still in alpha, Right, open alpha. So the game's not done yet, and they're already asking you to, to do paid, paid yeah, skins, that's... paid weapons, paid all so, this stuff. The game's not even done yet. So I think what was it? I think you can do that correctly, and I think Hearthstone did do it correctly, in that you could you could spend money while the game was still in like closed beta. Uh, but I think they gave like a like there was just very generous kind of refundy kind of stuff. You got uh, everything again, essentially. When the game actually came out, if you had pre-purchased 500 right. packs, you then got 500 packs again. Different stuff, or, I guess. But or I think you you still got the same cards, but for a while you could just disenchant it for their for like it was basically you could do a trade that was one to one if you wanted. They, they, right. they still yeah they still do that now. If they ever change a card, uh, they allow you to disenchant it for. Like the exact like so that you can like trade it for a card of the exact same rarity. Right. Yeah. yeah. They they treat you well in that in that uh, yeah. the transaction rate. Yeah. But you're right. I don't really see a difference. I suppose between that and and what Tripwire is doing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's just. I mean, I have more faith in Blizzard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not to say anything poorly about Tripwire, but it does make me incredibly nervous. When they say, "Oh, trust us, we'll give you free DLC," <laughs> mm. um, I mean, but Tripwire, to their credit, has always done very well by, you know, giving new maps and such like that. They did mm-hmm. it like every three times a year or something like something that like back that. in the original Killing Floor. So, I mean, good on them for doing that. But at the same time, I still believe I'm going to have to pay for every single gu- extra gun they spit out. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't like the right. fact that they're asking for money in that manner. I would rather them coming out with like a weapon pack and say, hey, you know, we have this really cool weapon pack. If you guys want it, pay me two bucks. And I'm like, okay, yeah. whatever. Right. All right. What, do, what do you guys think of the 
trying to move us on. Yeah, a little bit. Because, like, okay. yeah, we've been talking right. about this for a while, and we kind of get need to talk about the blacklisting. By the way, I'm speaking of Hearthstone, I'm now owner of Dr. Boom. If you followed me on Twitter or on Facebook, <laughs> um, I got a golden Millhouse Manastorm, which is really just such a crap card. It's a it's a epic leg- or it's a legendary, but it's like it's a two drop. All enemy spells count zero for the next turn. It's like yep, eh, no, it's yeah, no, yeah. It's it's conditional. It's conditional. If you're using if you're going up against a mage, don't ever play it. But if you're going it's up against still, it's a bad card. Sometimes it's an awful card, but sometimes it's just a bad card. Sure. But it's one of those like <laughs> I I saw it. and It's like wait a minute. It's a golden legendary. I can literally get anything I want with this. And so I posted the poll on Twitter, what should I get? And the consensus was Dr. Boom. And so I got Dr. Boom over Archmage Antonitis and King Crush, which I kind of died a little because I was like, I could have gotten that. I could have gotten Illidan, even though I just would want Illidan. Or I could have gotten Alex Strassa because Alex Strassa is awesome. But that's... All right, cool. Great great contribution on that one. Um, Anyway, so... (laughs) Final topic for the show today. Kotaku writers have come out and they said that they are never, not, you know, officially, but they're saying that they are pretty much blacklisted by Ubisoft and uh, Bethesda Games for leaking out news early and all that stuff. So um, it's been going around for about maybe a week or two now. A lot of YouTubers have been talking about it, especially Total Biscuit, which I'll probably bring up his point in just a little bit. Ugh, Guys, do we have to? What do you mean? <laughs> I am not a fan of Total Biscuit, but whatever. Okay, looks like we're gonna have a fun discussion later. Um, so, guys, what what do you think this does for gaming journalism now? Let we'll start off with Murph. So, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna put my biases on my sleeve because obviously I have them. I'm not a journalist. Yeah. Uh, we just talk about I'm, games. Exactly. <laughs> Look, so I'm. I generally tend. I like Kotaku, their parent company. I have some problems with specifically Gawker, uh, but overall, me and Kotaku are tight. Um, I'm glad that you guys are bros. Like, we were bros. Uh, I. I think. Like yeah, like I'm pretty much okay with Kotaku. Doing the things, doing you know, journalism, reporting stories that have been you know, they information that they found have leaked, and yeah, it probably did mess up some marketing plan, and maybe it possibly you know, it might have cost you know theoretical dollars to Bethesda or um, whatever. Uh, what was it? Bethesda and Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Ubisoft, and there might be another one. I don't remember. Are you looking at the article yeah, right now? Um, uh, I am not looking at the article right now, but okay. I've heard that there are mo- other ones besides just those two that mm-hmm. they're a blacklist of them. And like, that's it's like it is perfectly within those companies' rights to not talk to a news outlet, just because I don't like I don't think anyone should be forced to talk to any news outlet. That's not American, America. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I I do think it's pretty petty. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Clegg. Uh, so just to summarize the the discussion for those who aren't aware of it, Kotaku is saying that they're being blacklisted by these companies, meaning they don't get 
early access or previews of the games that these companies are working on. And this is a problem for a news outlet because they want to do day one reviews of games along with other big sites so that they get that traffic as well coming in. Plus, they want to just report on the big games that are coming out because they're, you know, a games journalism company. So the fact that they're not getting access is a problem in their mind. And they see it as an, uh, an issue in the industry where these games journalism companies have to stay in the good graces of the developers in order to retain the rights to go to these press releases to get early access copies of games. So they don't like the fact that they kind of have to kiss butt from the you know to the to the developers to stay in their good graces from the game developers perspective they don't like having the game that they've been working on in secret for years suddenly outed via leak they lose the um the surprise factor for their audience right that's the the big issue for from their perspective it might change the release schedule it might change the development schedule because all of a sudden they have to talk about something they weren't going to discuss for another year or two Right, so from their perspective, commenting on rumors is disruptive to to their plans. Right, that's sort of a summary of of what's going yeah. on. Right, did I miss anything? No, that, that sounds that's about right. Um, correct. The kiss butt part, though, they basically cut off almost all contact, from what I understand. With right, them, won't even say. return Kotaku's emails. Correct. Just no, no contact whatsoever. Yeah, and they don't get um, like the um, like they, there's no exclusivity, previews. which like. First, like, Total Biscuit, you know, brought this up, and it's a very good point. Like, what about, like, the fact that, like, look at how many, like, first looks, like, IGN gets and, like, GameSpot, and it's, like, you know, you want to somehow also avoid the paying for good reviews, in a way. Because, like, okay, okay, Curtis, make your point as well, and I got, like, I have... No, 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 finish finish your point, and then I'll make my point after. Like, because... I mean, no company, I think, for fairness, for the consumer's sake, nobody should be blacklisted because everybody should have, like, fair access and all that stuff. Because, like, do we know that there is, like, a little bit of corruption in games journalism? That people have been bought, people have have paid money for a good review. And that was why Jeff Gershman got fired from GameSpot years ago for Kane and Lynch. Everybody pretty much is, like, the, agrees Jeff Gershman got fired for that. Am I Am I wrong, Murph, or... Uh, I'm... I think that one's a fairly well-documented case. I, I, so. I want to tread lightly here. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think... I do not think there is a major problem in games journalism, or ethics in games journalism. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just... I'm going to summon the, the, the elephant in the room, and that I am... Because we've said ethics in games journalism, so oh boy. of course we're talking we're about... Nope, 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 we're not going to talk are, about that. Nope, nope, nope I didn't. The E-word. No, no, I didn't. So I said, you, I, said you the, the I said the E-word. word, I did not say the G word. Do not bring that G oh, word boy. into my show. Oh, boy. So, but I'm just saying, like, uh, that's why I, yeah, like, I, this is, this is an ethics thing for me. This is just, look, I don't know. All right, Chris, I, make your yeah. point then. Okay, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna be just be very brief in what I say here, and I'm going to also tread incredibly lightly here. Yes. News organizations, okay, no matter what news organization it is, love stories. They love them. 
okay? They love to get on other news organizations when they screw up, too. This is true. I, with, without getting into too much of it, with going to, with the topic, and that sentence might not make a lot of sense to a lot of people, and I promise I'll come back to that statement. Blacklisting is not necessarily a bad thing. Because basically, the people who blacklist it can basically say, hey, you know what, we can review the heck out of this game, and it's... And you can't say that we're biased because we have no benefit. Like Jim effing Sterling's son with uh, Konami. Jim Sterling, not to summon other demons, because that's going to pull out a whole nother Oh, issues, yeah. Um, is blacklisted by almost every major publishing company, I think, for talking about different things and, you know, getting on people's cases. But yeah. whether you believe his points are valid or invalid, you know, you have to say that he's not bought necessarily by any of those companies and likewise you know they're blacklisted but does that really matter yeah i mean and going back to the original point in terms of just ethics in general everybody loves a good story okay everybody loves to get on each other if someone's being you know they think someone's being unethical or whatever and without going too much more into that you know we would have heard tons more about the about all sorts of corruption. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, people love right. to talk. One company, especially, you know, the evil Gawker or, you know, any other big news organization would totally jump on another news so organization. So what you're saying is this could be crazy. a story that Kotaku is making that could partially be true, but it's also a somewhat of not like a clickbait link news story but almost a story that's like hey can i can i make my point because this is going to summarize exactly what you're saying okay go ahead so so in my opinion when you comment on a rumor when you post a story about a rumor we we've heard there's been a leak we've been told from our inside sources that fallout 4 is coming Right, this was like two years ago. Yeah, we've heard that they're working on the sequel to Skyrim or whatever. Right, that's this what that is. That's not journalism. There's no real. You're not commenting on anything concrete. There's been no confirmation from the from the publisher. Right, you're just you're posting something, and it's clickbait. That's exactly what it is. So when you post a story like that, and then you get slapped on the wrist by the publisher, right? They're totally within their right to do that. They yeah. should do that in my mind. And then you act all high and mighty saying, we are the epitome of games journalism. This is what we did. And it's a problem with the industry as a whole. Okay, you guys are not the epitome of games journalism. You commented on a rumor. So you're acting a little too big for your own britches in my mind. Right? But this is hold on. I want to comment the fact that like this is the most the bold point. I've ever seen Clegg on this show. So I'm just like, I don't know. I'm ties back into what you were saying, Chase. You were saying that they're benefiting from the story. Not only is, is Kotaku getting traffic on their own website, but all the other game publishers, uh, games journalism websites, are suddenly talking about Kotaku. This is absolutely a story that's about them getting more clicks on, on their website. But right, but I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that, but like, isn't that what, like, journalism like Kotaku, is. yeah, like, I mean, eh. like, at the end of the day, Kotaku needs to drive traffic yeah. In order to exist. Like, yes, I mean, don't you yeah. wish they were doing that via the quality well, of let's, game journalism, let's, not let's, commenting yeah. on the fact but, that they well, don't like how things are being taken? That's journalism in and of itself. Just, 
let's journalism of itself. I'll make I'll let you guys right. make your point in just a second because I mean right now this is not just with games media. This is just all news media in general that everybody is so quick to be the first of any story regardless if it's sports, if it's media, uh video games and whatnot like they, if they see a rumor, they will jump on it without even having any sources. And that's why the quality of journalism has gone down over the years because we live in such an instant media or instant news, you know, state. And also the fact that, like, we have, like, to go with the clickbait stuff, yeah, like, clickbaiting is now a big news epidemic right now because we have to now tease somebody and be like, oh, well, let's see what this is about. And it's like, like, I made a whole video on, like, the top five reasons why I hate clickbaiting. You should check that out as well, and you'll see why I hate clickbaiting. But anyways. <laughs> Wait, watch till the end. You won't believe number four. Yeah, you won't believe. Yeah, that's exactly it. Exactly. It's like, top five reasons. You'll, be, you'll be surprised. <laughs> it's, a, it's a meta video. Did you guys actually watch that video? You have to recognize it. Without spoiling my video, uh, did you guys <laughs> actually watch it? Okay, it's good. It's good for... Just, just uh, check that out. Anyways, um, go... Go to Curtis, and then we'll Let, go to Murph. Just take a quick step back really quick. Yeah, Is it clickbait? Yeah, it might be clickbait. Okay, I agree that the, the article is a bit of clickbait. But let's also just rewind a second. Those rumors are usually from sources, okay? These are not just right. random rumors floating on the Internet. These are usually verified sources that say, and... hey, something is coming, or this website is saying blah, right? And both of these rumors that got them blacklisted were totally true. So, I mean, like, when they get blacklisted, they get blacklisted for true rumors that they have sources that are probably within that company. And and let me just say, like, one of the reasons why I kind of like that they're saying, hey, this is we've been blacklisted by Ubisoft and uh, Bethesda, is that one I I do read Kotaku every day. Uh, I I do go I do like their reviews. I think their review is why I bought Shadow of Mordor. Um, like when they don't have a review up for Fallout Four, I kind of want to know why. Like that's that's a it's yeah. like the, it's not because Kotaku was like nobody's gonna play this Fallout Four game. Yeah, but, but now I know now you know why. By the way, too, like, they have to get it day one and then review it right. over a week, right? So then yeah. they're a week behind all the other sites in their right. review schedule. Or by they, they by the way, like let's, as much as those other sites. By, just for ethics purposes, we don't know if like other main websites have been you know paid for good reviews. We were just saying, stating as an example, look at first looks that they get and de- and blah blah blah. So we have to cover that base before we get you know just in case I, for like slander. I don't, yeah. So I don't think any – yeah, okay. I'm sure there might be a – like, I don't know, like probably official PlayStation magazine. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, like those I'm like, reviews, okay. But like eh, – but like that's in the sense that, you know, PlayStation magazine is owned by Sega and therefore – like, yeah. like I mean just what? As, as an example, right? I'm, sh- I'm sure there's, there's not mean? – yeah, check that gets fart. Bethesda to IGN with a dollar amount for them reviewing their game, right? However, and this is just an example, <coughs> if fly your your IGN reps out to our facility, we house them in a hotel, we feed them, we give them the early access to the game, and we give them a tour of our facility. Okay, that's an expense that the game publisher is taking on. It's not going to IGN, but they're treating you real well. They're spending money on right. you. If not giving it to you, and right? I think I think most of those sites have statements of integrity. Like I know, for example, uh, the uh, Polygon 
explicitly turns down those kind of things, like those kinds of trips. And they have, they state so specifically in their in their what their ethics policy. So I mean, really, it's hey, just it's you as a consumer take some responsibility. Read the the site that is uh that you read the site whose review you're reading. Read their ethics policy, and really, it's on the the site themselves if they went out and got flown to some posh resort for like a multiplayer thing because like like well I listen to a lot of podcasts and they when they describe well like when a the new cod blops uh assassin's dagger is dropping uh, <laughs> one of those big multiplayer games they do fly all the game journalists out to sort of a you know a singular location because the servers aren't up and if you want to get a multiplayer review in, you need to have it in a, you know, a whatever location. As long as you reveal, hey, you know, they flew us out and they paid for our hotels, or hey, we, they flew us out, but we paid for our hotels, you know, I'm okay with that. Right, yeah, so it, that it would be, it's on, it's on the, the, the game publishing, or the, the games journalism companies to disclose that information. Right. They, don't, they, they won't all do that. No. So I, it I also think falls vast... on the readers to do some research and know what sort of relationship exists between the journalism company and the publishing company. And well, maybe it's just the sites that I read do do that. They, like they're very explicitly, but I think yeah. I think most sites do disclose that relation. I think I usually also does that as well. In a very minor blurb. Yeah, like I'm they'll say like in the end uh, disclaimer note. Um, cause I remember the Correct. IGN had right. one game where I mean, one of the reviewers actually made the music and he said he, he didn't touch the reviewer. He didn't have any contact with this reviewer during that time, blah, blah, blah. And they, he didn't even know or something like right. that. So, all right. Mm. This was, this is probably one of our best topics ever, especially like most heated. Clegg, I am surprised. I have not seen this side of you before. Just like come out I, I about think what we really, I think what we really want is, is a little diagram that shows the relationship between this journalism company and this publishing company so that as a consumer we understand what's the relationship here are you getting handouts from you is that going to cloud my my perspective of how you would review their title you know this is video games journalism not congress all right self this this might be more of the journalists themselves and the relationships with some you know right mm-hmm. Transparency like for, for, in the industry, I think, is what people are hoping for. Yeah. No, I, I'm going to just, with a counterpoint, I think most of the times on most of the reputable sites, and by reputable I mean the big ones, the Kotaku's, your IGN's, your Giant Bombs, your Polygon's, like they're pretty transparent. You just have to know where to look for that information. Right. That's really yeah. where that comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways... Um, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys very much for watching. Whether you're watching us on YouTube or if you interacted with us on Twitch today, thank you for making us a part of your day. Follow the show on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash that new show show. You can follow me on Twitter at Chase Bunker, or you can follow the show on Twitter at that underscore game underscore show. You can also follow Murph on Twitter at Dork Knight Show. Check out his him and his friend Mike's YouTube channel, Mikesimum Tomato. It's Sonic. Oh, no, not anymore. It's no longer Sonic Month because it's nope. December. We're a couple more Sonic. <laughs> Sonic. We've, we have recorded all of Sonic Timber. Okay. Put it that way. Sonic Timber. Gosh, you We're really the month catch of- your name. Um, uh, look, it's it's Sonic Month. Look. Yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll give you a preview. The last game of Sonic Month I actually liked. Ooh, that's exciting. What a tease. Um, Check out some of the other videos I've done, especially... Reverse order. 
<laughs> no, no, we're not. Sorry, go ahead, James. Yeah. Um, feel free to check out the clickbait video that I mentioned as well. It's it's kind of interesting. And also, uh, check out some of the interviews I've done on our YouTube channel. Um, other than that, Curtis, I forget anything? Not that I can think of, buddy. All right, please don't die on me before I finish this show. Uh, Murph, did I forget anything? Well, I'll try not to. <laughs> I think I'm good. Clegg, did I forget anything? Nope, good to go. All right. So for Curtis Coe, Murph Murphy, and Daniel Clegg, I'm Chase Bunker. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.